Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? Right here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 44 today, which is Tuesday, January the 5th, 2010. Welcome aboard once again to Timberwolves Explosion. Great to have you with me. Thank you always for downloading and listening to this show, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, along with timberwolvespress.com which is your one-stop source for everything Timberwolves basketball. So, the guest of today's show, well, we're going to talk about two games, so a little bit less game reviewing. Two pretty poorly played games, to be honest. Well, three good quarters against the Orlando Magic, and three horrible quarters against the Indiana Pacers. Both ended up being in blowouts. Go figure. Isn't it just beautiful? Isn't it just beautiful? So, yeah, we're kind of right back where we started when it comes to that. Um, but there's some encouraging things in, in these games, a, a couple of encouraging things. More or less, the play of Johnny Flynn continues to emerge, and he still is far and away the number three rookie right now. He is the third best rookie in the rankings. Tyreek Evans has kind of been flatlining at about 19 points a game. Brandon Jennings has definitely dropped off from his Gilbert Arenas-like stature for a while there. Not that Gilbert Arenas is anything special right now. The the gunslinger, you could call him. Uh, okay, that wasn't very nice, but <laughs> that's about that's about it right now. Um, yeah, I like Gilbert Arenas a lot more when he was with the Golden State Warriors than he's ever been on the Wizards. Just, mm, I just don't think the excitement level with Gilbert Arenas has ever been the same since he left the Golden State Warriors. Go figure, huh? Golden State actually is good at something. They actually can... Uh, they actually can uh, play an entertaining brand of basketball. The Wizards, I just, I, I can't do it. I've never liked them, just other other than when Michael Jordan was there. Then, then that was the end of that. Okay, I'm already digressing two minutes into the show, two and a half minutes into the show. Isn't that great? <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to talk about Johnny Flynn after the game reviews. A little teeny tidbits, you know, on Orlando Tucker, kind of how he's excited about another chance in Minnesota. So, We'll do the game reviews and then Orlando Tucker, and then we'll finish up with a really nice article written by Steve Ashburner about Johnny Flynn. That's right, Steve Ashburner, as Johnny Flynn appeared on the front page of NBA.com this afternoon. He still is on the front page right now as I'm speaking to you. Um, Really cool, really cool to see Johnny Flynn right up there on the front page of NBA.com. It's just hell yeah, you know, some nice attention for the Wolves, because it's kind of hard for the Wolves to get any attention right now. The media... The national media treats the Wolves like they don't count. The local media? Come on, man. Well, gosh darn it, they treat the Wolves like they don't count either. (laughs) Go figure, right? Seriously! Yeah, that's pretty much about it right there. Unfortunately, as uh, Bob from Minneapolis would strongly agree with that statement, is, uh, yeah. (laughs) I I get a little tired of it, but hey, guess what, folks? If you're a Timberwolves fan, you like talking Timberwolves, and you want to hear somebody who really does care about this team, regardless if they're fi- if they win 58 games in 04 or 15 games in the 91-92 uh, <laughs> season back in the back in the Jimmy Rogers era. Jimmy Rogers is the coach, of course. Might as well just call him Mister Rogers. That might have been about it. Even though some people might say David Kahn sounds a lot more like him. <laughs> okay, but yeah, if you want that, you got it here in Timberwolves Explosion. At least once a week, at very least once a week. And also on TimberwolvesPress.com, I try to keep up a bit on there. 
I could do better with keeping up on there, but hey, busy schedules have been in the way for all of us adults, especially when you know you're 30 years old or older. Yeah, it's going to be a little tough, even when you're 20 and older, as my buddy on that website would tell you. So let's get to the games. Let's start talking Wolves, the actual games themselves. Friday, the 1st of January, the new year, 2010. Happy New Year, Minnesota. Happy New Year, Timberwolves fans. Oh, goody. Aren't you excited? Yeah, well, it was a pretty good game, actually, the first three quarters. It was pretty much back and forth. Unfortunately, the second quarter wasn't so great, but the Wolves were able to hang on with a fairly solid third quarter. It's just late, halfway, or really pretty much early on in the fourth quarter, everything just kind of went down downhill really quickly. Um, this Anderson guy in Orlando, he is uh, he's just been a really valuable piece for them. In fact, all of his baskets were three-pointers. All of his shots from the floor. He was 4 of 12, but 4 of 10 from three-point range. Go figure. And they were all important threes later on in the game. Very frustrating indeed for the Wolves. Orlando shot 37 three-pointers. 37. Richard Lewis made 5 of 10. Richard Lewis, who I think is, you could say he's one of the most overrated players, or overpaid players, I'll say. I, I won't even go with overrated because it's not like everybody's voting him into the All-Star game every year. And that's another topic I could get into here in a sec. Uh, I might as well in a sec here. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't stand it. Um, but, yeah, Richard Lewis, one of the more overpaid players in the league. And I think a lot of you out there would agree that he's not worth $85 million. Come on. Uh, but he always plays well against the Wolves, for one. And when he does get hot, you know, he's one of those X factors that's going to get her done. Dwight Howard certainly doesn't get the ball as much as he would like, and he often complains about it. He only got four attempts, and that's usually about, or excuse me, four four of ten, so ten attempts from the floor. And, uh, yeah, you often hear him complain about that, but defensively he was a beast, and he made some nice passes. Just an overall nice, nice game for him. Nothing spectacular, but good enough. You know, he was kind of like a defensive specialist on this particular day, and... Yeah, the Wolves down the stretch just couldn't get really couldn't really get anything done. The only guy that really superly well, there's two guys that superly stood out for Orlando, Richard Lewis and, and and Anderson, but even Matt Barnes was pretty much everywhere in this game. As there was a little bit of a controversy, you know, Michael Petrius, who's really Michael Petrus, Petrus, who was extremely valuable against. Uh, shooting guards in the NBA playoffs last year. I'm, I can't say Kobe Bryant. I mean, he was good enough against him, but, you know, not good enough to stop the Lakers from kicking the Magic's butt in the NBA Finals. But, yeah, a guy who's a defensive specialist who can definitely hit the outside shot. Kind of a, you know, kind of a new uh, Bruce Bowen, Michael Petrus. Now it's Matt Barnes, apparently, who is also a nice defender. And uh, the guy was everywhere. 17.11 rebound game for Matt Barnes. So the Orlando Magic pretty much just wiped the Wolves all over the floor. But the encouraging sign is Johnny Flynn. Oh, my God, is this guy getting good from three-point land. His first couple shots of the game are three-pointers. Overall, his field goals, 7 of 13. He was 5 of 7 from three-point range. Johnny Flynn continues to dominate from beyond the arc of late, and it has been a beautiful thing. And how about Wayne Ellington? This guy's confidence is soaring through the roof. Wayne Ellington is just playing an unbelievable game right now. His field goal percentage has exploded. It was at about 40% uh, 
up until uh, the last few games. Gosh, he's shooting shucks about 80% <laughs> the last two games here. Just fantastic. Wayne Ellington really starting to hit from the outside. Finally starting to hit from the outside is Wayne Ellington. And just overall from the baseline and other spots that he was clanging. He was clanging him off the rim quite a few times. But it was nice to see Johnny Flynn regain his uh, his playing time a bit because Ramon Sessions was getting about 28 minutes. Flynn was getting about 24 minutes uh, on the last episode. But Flynn remerging nicely. I mean, the guy just, he was outstanding and he was the main reason the Wolves were in the game for three quarters. And, you know, into the fourth quarter, just had a monster game. Um, only three assists, unfortunately, but his shot was falling and he was he was shooting the ball. And um, that's pretty much what mattered at that point. We also He also got four steals in the game. The guy was just everywhere. Um, very impressed. Totally, totally outplayed Jameer Nelson, who is a shell of himself. The guy who was an all-star last year, but ever since he had that injury, the guy has been a... He's been disappointing. Just hasn't really regained his timing or whatever it is. He just hasn't regained whatever it is. <laughs> Not the same player ever since. And of course, Orlando Tucker a member of the Wolves at this point in time, and has not seen any court time to date, unfortunately. But um, disappointing game for the Wolves down the stretch. They just did not play well in the fourth quarter. They played well for three. They played decent for three, but totally, totally ran out of gas in that fourth quarter. Uh, they turned the ball over 19 times also. Just it wasn't the Wolves' night, and it rarely is, unfortunately. It, it rarely is. I hate to say it. But at least the three-point shot was falling for Johnny Flynn and Wayne Ellington, which could be the backcourt of the future. It could be. Maybe we'll see Corey Brewer move over to small forward at some point in time. I actually wouldn't be too surprised if the Wolves did something like that. I really wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Ryan Gomes gets or, uh, traded or they let him go or something. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Ryan Gomes because he is definitely not fully healthy. As they're saying, he's going to be out of the lineup again. So... That's unfortunate as well. So now we'll move on to the next game before I spend too much time on the Orlando game here. <laughs> the following night, and yes, the following night, January 2nd, the infamous January 2nd, the complete end to any holiday season remaining. Not that I think New Year's Day is much of a holiday. I <laughs> don't. Uh, Wayne Ellington, again, just th this guy, 6 of 11 from the floor, 3 of 5 from three-point range. He also, well, yeah, he had a 16 points, 6 rebound, 5 assist performance. This is all off the bench, but he played almost 30 minutes in the game. And um, the guy is so versatile. And he is just, he is a perfect fit for this triangle offense. He really is. Now, you might argue how, yeah, Johnny Flynn might not be a perfect fit for the triangle offense, being he's a dynamic point guard, and that's something I've always wanted on this team. And right when we get that guy, the triangle offense gets brought in, and... God forbid, it's not really a point guard's uh, type of offense. It's just not. It's more of a shooting guard's type of offense. Shooting guard and power forward or center. Now, we got the power forward center thing going on. At least two power forwards that are pretty good. So Al Jefferson is starting to look good in this triangle, like I talked about pretty much, oh, about half of last episode. But so is Kevin Love, and he's like an automatic fit pretty much. Just He, he had a pretty entertaining game. But unfortunately... Right from the get-go, it was like, what the Sam Hill's going on here? I mean, Wayne Ellington was the main positive here. You know, Je Jefferson had his 23 points, but 
it didn't really matter. Indiana was just scorching us all over the place. Earl frickin' Watson and Luther Head. Just just look at this backcourt, folks. Earl Watson and Luther Head. Oh, my God. <laughs> You'd think it was uh, Willis and Reed or something. I mean, what is this crap? Man. Earl Watson had nine assists in this game. Didn't shoot well, but he had nine assists, and they just they, they took over. Luther Head has been a career third guard type of player. 21 points, six assists for Luther Head. Oh, are you serious? And Roy Hibbert looked like Kevin Garnett in this game. Blocking shots, scoring 21 points, four assists, seven rebound game. I mean, he looked like Kevin Garnett. Roy Hibbert? How? I like Roy Hibbert a lot, and I think he's... Uh, Actually, he's he's one of those guys who's he's kind of a sleeper. I think he's going to continue to emerge, but he's he's unbelievably inconsistent still because he's so young, and uh, you know he, he's just an inconsistent player in general. But just totally tore us up. Brandon Rush shot really well off the bench as well, just scorching the net. It seems like anytime there's a rush, there's a Kareem rush with the Lakers years ago, just scorching us. In that game six in the conference finals many, many years ago, you know, our very last playoff series ever, our Brandon Rush, he tends to always play against the Wolves when we go to Indiana, and he sure the heck did. Mm, just scorched us off the bench in this game. Just a despicable game. The Wolves gave up 73 points in the first half. Oh, they came out fighting in that third quarter. Oh, I'm so happy they did. They were losing by about 30 points to the Indiana Pacers. So they make up 15 in the third quarter, and then it's pretty much even in the fourth. Lottie freaking duh. We just watched some lousy uh, back and forth, 15 to 12-point deficits back and forth in the fourth quarter. That, that was a lot of fun to watch, wasn't it? Anytime the Wolves had any type of encouragement going on, the Pacers would hit another three-pointer, or, or Roy Hibbert would would get another inside shot, uh, basket. It was like, okay, whatever. We, we can't stop them, so we might as well just try to score and rack up our points. Since that's pretty much what this game was about, was stats. By about the time the third quarter was half over. It was just about running up our stats a little bit. Johnny Flynn, nothing special. Kind of reverting back to that uh, decent player. But definitely didn't look like a, you know, didn't look like a star in this particular day. Wayne Ellington outplayed everybody, I think. And um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Wayne Ellington. He just continues to improve. When you got a guy who can hit from the outside and can pass as well as he can and and times his passes perfectly, not only in the triangle but on the break, Wayne Ellington is going to be a valuable, valuable asset for this team long-term. You, you can just see it coming. Very happy with what I'm seeing there. Very happy indeed. So that's pretty much where I'm going to end with this awful game. Both of these games were, the Wolves were pretty much overmatched. And uh, not very fun to watch, to be honest with you. Just, they got scorched down the stretch from, from the outside. And Roy Hibbert on the inside. It just was a back and forth deal. So we're going we're gonna to end it. I'm just kind of already starting to say the hell with these, these reviews. So we're going to end those because they're not worth even getting into anymore. And we're going to get into some uh, little bit of Wolves talk right after this. Thank you. 
And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 44, which is a reminder for iPod users, along with M, uh, Microsoft Zoom and other MP3 users. Well, Orlando Tucker, he's just basically, he's glad to be getting a second shot with the Timberwolves, a second NBA shot. Of course, he was drafted late in the first round by the Phoenix Suns about three years ago. Hasn't panned out. He was just awesome with the uh, Wisconsin Badgers, but not... Just has not lived up to the hype in the NBA yet. And I remember hearing the name Orlando Tucker quite a bit. Even though I'm not the biggest college fan of all time, but mostly at the time, my schedule didn't allow me to watch all too many college basketball games. And plus, because I'm keeping up with the NBA, you kind of got to pick and choose at, at times. It's just the way it goes. But it's um, you never know. You just never know what's going to happen. Un- unfortunately for Orlando Tucker... It's it's too clogged at his position right now. You got too many guys trying to trying to crack a spot right there. Corey Brewer, Wayne Ellington. Corey Brewer and Wayne Ellington are looking pretty good at the shooting guard small forward area, and of course Damian Wilkins as well. Yeah, uh, I would rather see Orlando Tucker at least get some type of shot instead of. Uh, I I've seen enough of Pavlovich that I don't really care, and of course he's just Inco one year deal. You you can kind of throw him in. Here and there, whenever you want, I guess. But I really don't. I don't really see any reason to get too excited about Pavlovich and uh, deny Tucker at least some type of opportunity to play. So, with that said, that's pretty much how I'm going to stand with that. Um, Other than here's what Orlando Tucker says about playing with the Suns. He said it was very tough sometimes. His his situation. With the Suns, I wasn't playing much, but I was learning a lot from playing behind some talented guys. Steve Natch always talked to me and told me how things go in the league. He told me how to keep working hard and that I can play in this league. I just want to come in here and do what I can do to help this team. So basically kind of the the old company line, you could say. uh, It's pretty much about what you'd expect from a guy uh, in in, in his status. He's just going to try to do what he can to make it. And um, I say the Wolves at least give him a slight chance to play. You might see him play in the next week or two. Other than that, that's pretty much all there is to say. I, I think uh, it's going to be difficult to get much playing time, but if you got to put in somebody between Pavlovich and Tucker, just play Tucker a little bit. That's all I ask. So now we're going to get into the, the larger article, Johnny Flynn. So the title of the article, again, posted by Steve Ashburner, on NBA.com, as that is his new job. He was the former Wolves beat writer, and he also worked for SI.com. Now he's at NBA.com. So you don't get any closer to the NBA than the actual thing itself. Um, so rookie Flynn taking on many challenges head-on. That's the, the headline. And really, it talks about all the challenges Johnny Flynn had to face coming into this year and still is facing right now as we speak. First and foremost, to start off with, well, the Wolves took Ricky Rubio with the fifth picks, and then they take Johnny Flynn with the sixth. So he's got that basically. He's got that kind of in his in his in his rearview mirror all the time. Ricky Rubio, will he come to Minnesota? And if he does, what's going to happen to Johnny Flynn? What's going to happen to Johnny Flynn? Because Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio doesn't play like anybody else. He's Ricky Rubio. So, if he's really Ricky Rubio, then what happens to Johnny Flynn? It's just, 
and he's pretty much it's at a point you know the best thing Johnny Flynn can do when it comes to that is allow others to see Rubio's FC Barcelona highlights on YouTube and that's pretty much what he says there um but it's always but the prospect of Rubio coming is always there until a possibility maybe Rubio is traded um though when I saw a live feed or well it was excuse me it was a well it was live at the time when they were taping the war room when the wolves took Flynn and Rubio Rubio first of course the word David Kahn constantly used was asset he didn't say that about Flynn he just said we're, we're taking Johnny Flynn here like yes this is the guy we want when you constantly use the words asset it's it tells you that that doesn't necessarily mean we're sold on the idea of keeping him so I think the Wolves just were forced to take the best player available, but that's my personal opinion. I think a lot of other people would agree, including Steve Ashburner. Uh, a lot of people don't really think Ricky Rubio is going to wind up here, um, but now, now, you, well, for well, what before before that, you got two other issues. I'll get into that final issue. I'm always getting ahead of myself, and I apologize. There's always the size deal, as. Ashburner mentions here how there's more. Flynn's size, an issue he got over long ago, is still relevant as long as sports writers can think about posting him up. There is Minnesota's roster in a league of Westminster show dogs. The Wolves still are mostly mutts. How kind. No, but yeah, well, he's, he's got a point. Huh? There is the task at hand, somehow helping a team that's into serial rebuilding. And yeah, we I know what he means there. 17 of Minnesota's 28 losses have been by 10 points or more, including a spanking at Indiana Saturday in which they gave up 73 points in the first half. Yeah, I just I just mentioned something about that game, didn't I? That wasn't very fun. Um, but now we get into the very next issue. So there is newness combined by newness with Flynn playing for a first-year coach who is proselytizing an exotic offensive system, the triangle, that few pros have ever run, ever have run, a system that in two rare, if impressively successful circumstances in which it thrived, Bill Jackson's Bulls and Lakers. But the problem is it minimized the need for a traditional point guard. You all remember what happened to Gary Payton when he went to L.A. We all do remember. Now, of course, at the same time, Gary Payton was getting significantly older, and that team had about the chemistry that baking soda and vinegar have. Pa! You know, that's about the chemistry the LA Lakers had that year. But at the same time, that was the only quote-unquote talented point guard the Chicago Bulls ever had. They always had, uh, well, you had B.J. Armstrong. He could shoot from the outside. That was his role. He wasn't a quarterback. He was an outside shooter as was John Paxson. Now, both of them could pass, but they weren't like the they weren't the Gary Payton-style drive to the basket and pass, that kind, which I like a lot. They were more of just timely passers, making sure the triangle continues to move, but they also could hit from the outside on a, on a consistent basis. Fortunately, in the Wolves' case, Johnny Flynn is really starting to hit from the outside as the triangle continues to improve. So it's working in one aspect, and the, about the other side, the old assist side, Johnny Flynn's only averaging about four assists a game. He was up to almost six earlier in the month of December, but it's uh, been dropping again back. He's, he's down to averaging about three a game the past few weeks here. So 
that's another thing mentioned in the article, and uh, yeah, that's what's going on with Johnny. A lot of the, a lot of the, the challenges he's facing, and they're they're no joke. But on top of that, see, here's where it gets real interesting, folks. Steve Ashmeyer points this out, and of course, you know, it's something that a lot of us Wolves fans are aware of. On top of that, there is a question getting asked more and more in the balmy, I, I, I love his sarcasm, the balmy climbs of Minneapolis-St. Paul. If the Timberwolves get the number one pick in the NBA draft this June and Kentucky's dynamic point guard John Wall is the no-brain consensus choice, will they take him? Wouldn't that just be something, folks? The Wolves get the number one overall pick, and, of course, 99% of the population would say it'd be John Wall. And we all know what John Wall is, another point guard. And a really damn good point guard. So, boy, oh, boy, Johnny Flynn could be up a trick. But, folks, before we get all excited about the thought of getting the number one overall pick, how many of you out there, let's raise your hands next to your computer. I know I can't see you, but your computer or your iPod or whatever. Raise your hand and tell me how many of you think we'll get the number one pick this year because based on Wolves' luck in the past, the past 20 years. Well, I don't see any hands, and of course that's because I can't see you, but guess what, folks? I think that's so many hands I'd be seeing anyway. <laughs> that's about that's about how much faith I think the Wolves will get the number one pick anyway. But, just in case they do, this would be about the time the Wolves would get the number one pick, when you get yet another controversial type of deal. Another Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn, then it would be John Wall and, and, and Johnny Flynn. Could it get any weirder? I, I, I don't know. If it came to that, it would get awfully weird. Ricky Rubio, yeah, I guarantee you he would be traded because there's almost no chance he's going to come here anyway. I have about as much faith in Ricky Rubio playing for the Wolves as they do in the Wolves getting the number one overall pick. So, go figure. We're going to wind up with, <laughs> with, with either Johnny Flynn and no one else or maybe Flynn and Wall in the long run. Maybe. But he's meeting the question head on. That very question right there. Should the Wolves wind up with Johnny Flynn, or John Wall, excuse me, in the NBA, you always have to look at that. There's 60 guys coming in every year who could take your spot. Whatever a franchise can do to get better, they're going to, they're, they're going to do it. No matter if they drafted you last year, I just try to take care of the things I can take, uh, take care of. And that's here at practice every day. David Kahn weighs in saying that, sure, it was a very sensitive situation when they took uh, Rubio. Very sensitive situation, but I think Johnny handled it magnificently. Every quote or comment I saw from him was always positive or welcoming. That showed me a lot about him. And folks, we'll all, we'll all remember what he said last year when Ricky Rubio decided not to come, well, last summer. He said he was disappointed because he was excited about the thought of playing with Ricky Rubio. Was that camp? Was that quote-unquote campaign rhetoric, or was he legit? Hard to say, but Johnny Flynn doesn't seem like the kind of guy that just talks a lot of BS. He really doesn't, to be honest. It's going to be real interesting, though, and of course, they also throw in the thought that Ramon Sessions is here as well, who had a lot of success with the Milwaukee Bucks last year, though I think all of us would agree Johnny Flynn is the better player and deserves to start over Ramon Sessions, but then the other question comes in. Ramon Sessions seems to be a better uh, triangle-happy point card. That's the funny part that, that I'm, I'm starting to see, and I think a lot of the others out there are starting to see as well. 
So it just it just gets more and more interesting. Johnny Flynn's really uh, really a fighter, and long term, one way or another, whatever happens to Johnny Flynn in his career with the Wolves, this guy is. I think he's going to succeed nicely because what what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and it's not killing Johnny Flynn. You can see that right now. It's just a little bit weird. But Flynn continues here. It's definitely challenging, especially coming into a system like this. It's difficult. That's that's difficult to learn, especially for the type of point guard I am. But I like to base my progress on wins. <laughs> and we're now getting wins, so right now the season for me is going all right. I'm not sure about too many wins, but they've been winning a few more of late, I guess. That's the one thing. That's a tough standard, though, for a guy drafted on, drafted onto a loser, as Ashburner says there. I think there's that there's that's the only way you can judge things when you look at people when their careers are over. You ask if they were a winner or not. Flynn said, "There's a lot of people who are great scorers or whatever, but they're not remembered because they didn't win a championship." I want to be known as a winner. Right now, it's tough, but I'm going to get there. And yes, when you talk about people that had a, tons of scoring, but they're not remembered, yeah, guys like Bernard King, and even, unfortunately, my my guy, Dominique Wilkins, they're certainly not remembered in the same categories as the Magics or the or even the James Worthies. You know, you hear about James Worthy more than you hear about Bernard King, don't you? Yet Bernard King won scoring titles. James Worthy didn't come close. Same with Kevin McHale and others, so... Good point by Johnny Flynn right there, and I hope, uh, I I really do hope that does come to fruition with Johnny Flynn, that he, that's really what he is, and he's not a st- stat guy, which a lot of you may argue Kevin Garnett was more of a stat guy than a win guy, even though he said the opposite in the past. Um, very interesting thoughts, though. Flynn is still ranked third among rookies in scoring at 14.4. Trailing Tyreek Evans at 20.1 and Brandon Jennings at 19.3. But he's, he's fourth in assists, though his assist to turnover ratio is a middling 1.3. And third in steals, 1.14. Last month he had his best scoring game, 28 points, while locked in a duel with Utah star Deron Williams and hit the game-winning layup. It was Flynn's second straight strong performance against Williams and the Jazz. And, uh, yeah, those games those games really were the pinnacle of, of Flynn's rookie year thus far, especially <laughs> that game-winning layup. Because, like clockwork, an episode or two before that, I mentioned how Johnny Flynn was having a hard time hitting big shots down the stretch of games, but at least he was taking them, and you got to figure sooner or later those shots would start to fall, and by God, they did. So we're going to end with that so I don't run too long. And... My goodness, uh, Johnny Flynn. I'm, I'm, I'm just, he's really, he's really up against it in a lot of ways, but he sure is, is, is performing to a great level, and um, I'm really impressed with Johnny Flynn. Now, we're not sure where his rookie rankings will be at the end of the year, especially if Blake Riven c- comes on really soon here. But he's my favorite Timberwolf by far, and uh, I, I just hope he continues his, his progress. His, his three-point shot is definitely falling a lot more than it was earlier in the year. And, folks, I expect that to continue. I really do. So on that note, we're going to call it a show. But before that, I would like you to call in to the phone lines, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. 
those you out there, please do call in to the show. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. State your comment, question, shout out. Leave your name in town, and you will be on the air with me, just like Bob in Minneapolis was a few shows back. And I could encourage you, Bob, to call in again. You're more more than welcome to call in yet again. Would be terrific. Also, you guys out there, please sign up for the message boards. On the sportstuff.com, there's a button in the upper right-hand corner of the front page of the website. Simply click on it. It says TSS Boards, and you'll be on board again with us. And, of course, the NBA boards on the message boards. I've said that word about a billion times now. Boards, 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 boards. Enough already, right? Okay. But the NBA the NBA boards are the most active on the sportstuff.com. There are a lot of unbelievably cool people that post down there. Join in. And talk basketball and, and have some fun. Maybe spread some, some trade rumors. Ooh, Jefferson for Stoudemire. Yeah. And, hey, anything you want, hop on board, talk basketball. There's nothing better than that. And it is, as always, 100% free and 100% fun. So let's hope for a little bit of improvement for the Wolves. Hopefully they won't lose by 41 tomorrow against the Golden State Warriors. Oh, every time we play the Warriors, it's just it's weird. I could go on for three hours about the craziness I've seen with the Golden State Warriors, and that 41-point game was just another one. Trust me, I've seen some crazy stuff when I was a Wolves season ticket holder against those damn Warriors. Oh, So, I'll shut up for now, and we will talk about more Wolves basketball and that Warriors game next week. Do take care, all of you. <laughs>